Psalms chapter number 27. We are going to uh, go on a journey, if the Lord would help us for a few moments today, uh, through Scripture. I'll do my best to teach slash preach for a few moments today. Won't keep you long, just keep you till we get done. How's that? And, uh, but uh, we are... Uh, we're excited to share the word of the Lord with you this morning. We are excited about this coming Wednesday night. Make a plan to be here in the house of the Lord Wednesday. Uh, it'll be a time of worship, be a time of entering into the presence of the Lord. Uh, but then we're going, to, uh, we're going to spend some time and we're going to discuss uh, some of the current things that's going on in our world. Uh, but we're going to come with a biblical perspective if the Lord would help us. Uh, so we're going to be looking forward to sharing with you uh, on Wednesday. It's going to be a great, great time and hopefully a time where we grow and learn together. And uh, so I invite you to make plans to be here. Uh, it's going to be a great time. But as custom of our house this morning, if you would, if you're not able, I understand. But if you could, please stand for the reading of the word of the Lord this morning. Psalms 27, the first six verses this morning, I'd like to read for a foundation, and I'm going to, if the Lord would help me, preach for a few moments uh, on why should I fear. Psalms 27, verse number one, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up on a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you again for your word. We thank you for your people that's in this room today and those that are joining us by way of technology. Father, today for the next few moments, I pray that this vessel of clay would be anointed not to speak my opinion nor my ideal, but to speak your word in power and authority, anointed by the Holy Ghost. And Lord, I pray that our ears would hear and our hearts would receive the word today. And the church says, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. Psalms 27, verse 1 through verse number 6. David is writing. David is writing from a place of personal experience, but as well he's writing concerning really that which not only he has known in the past, but what he knows in the present. And also looking towards his future, knowing this, that no matter what may come, there was not a reason for him to fear. Today we know that there is much uncertainty in our world. 
around us. And it has begun the norm throughout history. When you look at it, not just biblical history, but when you look through our nation's history as well as world history, you will find in times of uncertainty that we find ourselves in now, there has always been the rearing of the head of this thing called fear. While we know this morning that fear is not of God, all of us at times deal with it in our lives. Which brings me to this question today. How do I and how do you biblically deal with fear? I sincerely this morning believe that it begins with possessing knowledge that comes from the truth of God's word. <coughs> Excuse me. It is not the truth of man. It is not the ideals or opinions of men. But there is something about the truth of God's word. How many knows that when you come to the knowledge of the truth, you walk in a place of freedom? And I believe this morning that it is not enough to say, well, now there's truth, but we have to know what truth is. And we find in Proverbs chapter number three, let me read part of this chapter to you. Stay with me. We'll start maybe a little slow this morning, but I feel like it's important to lay a foundation. Proverbs chapter three, beginning in verse number one, it says, my son, forget not my law, but let thy heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. How many knows we need peace today? Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, but bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thy heart, so shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not into thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thy own sight. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. And it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with thy first fruits of all thy increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. But notice this, happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Please notice this final verse. Happy is the man that finds wisdom and understanding. If one is happy... There is an absence of fear. We are dealing today with a society that is so overwhelmed. And the fact of the matter is, is it's a society that is very intellectual. It's very intelligent. It has great knowledge of some things, but it lacks wisdom and understanding concerning spiritual things. And therefore, there is an open door for a spirit of fear to torment you and your household and your extended family. It has to change, my friend. It changes when we come back to the word of the Lord. Notice with me, there was a time in history, the children of Israel, most of you are probably familiar with this story, but let me give it to you very quickly. You know the children of Israel was in a place of bondage. They began to cry out unto the Lord and say, Lord, we want freedom. There was a man on the backside of the desert attending his father-in-law's sheep, and the Lord began to speak to him through a burning bush that would not be consumed. And he says, I want you to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. 
He goes, and as he shows up, you know that they go through a process where the Lord hardens Pharaoh's heart, and he will not allow them to be released. But then there was a time when the Lord said, after 10 plagues, the final plague is this. You come, and he said, I am going to release the destroyer. And the firstborn of every household, from the king to the servant, is going to be destroyed unless there is blood on the doorpost and the lintel of the home. And we know that in the midst of the midnight cry, there's a cry in the land of Egypt, and uh, Pharaoh awakens, and he's, he's screaming in anguish, and he says, uh, go get the man of God, bring him here, tell him to take the people, take everything he has, and go. And we know this, that they spoiled the Egyptians and they began this journey. But when they began to take this journey, the Lord did not take them the normal way, but took them out through the wilderness by the Red Sea uh, because he did not want them to see war. But in the midst of this, all of a sudden, uh, Pharaoh begins to say, what in the world have we done? We have allowed everybody to leave. We, we, we have allowed them. And all of a sudden, Scripture tells us in the book of Exodus that he simply says uh, that he took 600 of his mightiest horsemen and chariots. Uh, and he takes his army and he begins to pursue the children of Israel. Now, if you read Exodus chapter number 14, you will find that there begins to be a dust cloud that begins to show itself behind the children of Israel. They're shut in by the Red Sea. And all of a sudden, they begin to lift up their voice in fear. And when they begin to lift up their voice in fear, uh, notice this is what they said. Let me give it to you very quickly. In verse number 10, it says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there was not enough graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Uh, wherefore hast thou dealt with us uh, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Uh, is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone? But notice what Moses does. He says, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today for the Egyptians whom you have seen today. You will never see them again for the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Now, we find fear is gripping their heart. They are full of uncertainty. But all of a sudden, the Lord begins to move in an unexpected manner. You know the story. I don't have to re-preach it this morning. But there was a cloud that comes and separates them, a cloud and a pillar of fire. And we know this, that there began to be a wind upon the earth, uh, and the Red Sea parted, and they walked all night uh, on dry ground. Now, we know that in the morning, uh, as they have crossed over, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. Uh, his army's heart is hardened. Uh, it's great uncertainty, but they're still been pursued. But all of a sudden, uh, the Lord troubled them uh, and made the wheels fall off their chariots. Uh, and all of a sudden, we know this, uh, that the power of God began to move once again. And the waters that was standing up on a heap now begins to enclose the enemy. Now, why do I say that story? It's because when you get to chapter number 15, you find this. Uh, 
there is something that's happened. Uh, the children of Israel has just saw the hand of God move in a marvelous way. So notice Moses and the children of Israel began to sing a song. This is what they sung. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Uh, he is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host uh, hath he cast into the sea his chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. Verse number 10 of that chapter says, Thou didst blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Notice with me. They had witnessed firsthand the mighty hand of God himself on their behalf. However, 24 hours before, they was enslaved with fear. Can I tell you, in that moment, uh, the fear that had pierced their hearts uh, just 24 hours before uh, was ultimately destroyed. Uh, can I tell you today, uh, when you begin to get your eyes on Jesus, uh, everything changes. Uh, currently, right now, we must realize that the struggle uh, that men is having within themselves, it must be dealt with, uh, and we must be sensitive to the uncertainty uh, which is called in many uh, to be troubled and weighed down. Uh, and that's why David in this passage speaks very clearly uh, from personal experience as well as in a prophetic manner uh, concerning Jesus himself. Uh, first notice he says, the Lord is my light uh, and my salvation. Uh, what does that mean? Last week I shared with you, uh, evangelism is a light. The kingdom of God is light. Uh, but let me remind you, light is this. It is diffusive. It's penetrating. It's searching. It spreads itself over space and fills all things. It exposes all areas of darkness. What David was saying is this. No matter what dark thing tries to exalt itself against me, no matter what dark thing tries to take injury into my life, it does not have the ability to catch me by surprise because the God that I serve, he is not a God of darkness but he is a God of light, uh, meaning this, he is a God that is able to give me revelation, uh, not of just what happened yesterday, uh, but he can give me revelation of the present uh, and he can give me revelation of tomorrow. Uh, so can I tell you today, uh, everybody's walking around saying, I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, are they gonna go nuclear or are they not? Uh, are they gonna go to this or that? Listen, uh, I don't have to worry, uh, but I have a light uh, that is Jesus uh, that says that I will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Uh, and listen, uh, I don't have to be full of anxiety this morning, uh, but I can tell you this, I don't have to fear uh, because I know in whom I believe. Uh, and can I tell you, uh, he is still a good, good father. Uh, he is still the one uh, that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly what you could ever ask or think. Uh, he did not bring you this far to leave you, my friend, uh, but he says, I'm still the Lord of light. Uh, and he says this, not only am I light, uh, but I I am salvation. Uh, David said, I don't know him just as a light that penetrates darkness, uh, but I know him to be 
my God. Uh, see, it's one thing to say that he's God, uh, but it's another thing for you to be able to say he's my God. Uh, it's one thing to say he's a good father, uh, but it's another thing to say, oh, he's my father. Uh, it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, he's a healer, uh, but it's another thing to say he is my healer. Uh, it's one thing to say he's a deliverer, uh, but it's another thing to say he's my deliverer. Uh, it's another thing to say uh, he's a strong tower, uh, but it's something totally different when you can say he is the strong tower that I run into. Uh, it gets all personal now, uh, but can I tell you, David said, uh, the Lord is my light uh, and my salvation. What does that mean, preacher? It means this, uh, the act of saving uh, or protecting from harm or risk uh, or loss uh, or destruction. Uh, we could say it this in a theological manner. Uh, salvation is deliverance uh, from the power and the penalty uh, of sin. Let's not take this in a personal manner just yet, but notice, uh, can I remind you that because of Adam falling in Genesis 3, we know this in Genesis 5, that we was created in the likeness of Adam in a fallen nature. It is the curse. It is the penalty of sin. But I'm so thankful this morning uh, that there was a second Adam uh, who did not know sin. Uh, and his name is Jesus Christ. Uh, and he did uh, what needed to be done. Uh, he became the spotless lamb. Uh, but can I tell you this morning, uh, he is not a lamb that's been led to slaughter today. Uh, but he is the lion of the tribe of Judah that's about to roar uh, like we've never heard before. Uh, and ever, can I remind you uh, that it doesn't matter what's in the woods, uh, what's in the world in the jungle, but when the lion roars, everything stops. Can I tell you, there's some people that's about to be stopped because of the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. Why should I fear? David writes on, he says, not only is he my light and my salvation, but he is the strength of my life. Notice the quality or state have been strong, full of vigor, full of power, full of effective force. I just don't know if we really know how much power we have, how much effective force we do have. Can I tell you, we are the army of the Lord. Notice David, like the children of Israel, he had personally witnessed not only the power, but also the faithfulness of God. See, David knew what it was like to be out in a field and nobody else around and a bear show up. David knew what it was like to be out in the field in another day and the lion show up. But can I tell you, because of the God that was in him, just a mere man grabbed a hold of the beard of that beast and slew him. Some of you just got to be bold enough and brave enough to take out your hand and grab a hold of the beard of that thing that's tormenting you and say, not today, devil, because my God is still all power and all authority. Listen, you say, but preacher, listen, just because you're a Christian does not mean you get the luxury of tiptoeing through the tulips and never have to deal with an enemy. Hear me. 
I won't preach about my experience this week, but I could. I said, Lord, I've been tested. I don't think I'm passing them, but I'm still going. (laughs) Hear me. When the enemy shows up, you can back up and be timid, or you can stand and say, not today, because there's some things worth fighting for. Can I remind you, your family's worth fighting for. Your children's worth fighting for. Your community's worth fighting for. Your nation is worth fighting for. Your church is worth fighting for. Please hear me. Today I believe it's important that the world begins to hear our testimony of the power of God and of his faithfulness to us. Just like David shared his faith. I have to ask, has he ever showed up in power in your life? Has he ever walked in in the midst of darkness and you felt his hand of faithfulness? Notice David proceeds to say, in times when my enemies would have devoured me, they stumbled and fell due to the keeping power of God. Do you realize this this morning? You would have already been destroyed if it wasn't for Jesus. You would have not made it here this morning if the enemy would have had his way. Nor would have I. But because the hand of God, hear me today, when my enemies would have devoured me, they stumbled and fell. You see, if you was to read John chapter 18, you would find there's a story in there. Jesus is getting ready to find himself going to Calvary, but he's in a place called the Garden of Gethsemane. He's just been betrayed by Judas, and there's a band of soldiers getting ready to grab a hold of him, and they're going to devour him, but they made a mistake, and they simply said this, are you Jesus? He says, I am he. And because of the proclamation of Jesus being present, if you read John 18, verse 6, you'll find that those that was there to devour him, they fell backwards, meaning this, they could not proceed any further because darkness can never defeat light. That's why you find out that Jesus willingly went. He was never captured. You and I today must understand that we're serving a God that is not able to be defeated. You say, why is that so important this morning? May I present to you today that this same power that kept David and the same power that made that band of soldiers fall backwards in John 18 is the same power that's present in you while you're sitting in this room right now. How do you know that, Pastor? Romans 8, verse 10 through 15. Let me give it to you very quickly. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. 
Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you're going to live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Notice, this quickening is the power of God living and dwelling inside of man, and it cannot be overpowered, nor can it be destroyed. That's why Scripture tells us that we are to resist the devil and what? He might flee. No, he will flee. Why? It's because he doesn't have the ability. So I have to ask again, why should you fear? Why are you anxious this morning? Why are you full of uncertainty this morning? I'm not making light of the things in our lives that we face because they're real. But notice, I have to remind you the truth of God's word changes everything for a man or a woman that will put their faith and trust in him. Revelations chapter 1 verse 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty, meaning the all-powerful. Can I tell you today? When John was writing the revelation of Jesus, when you jump over to chapter 21, the first eight verses is full of so much stuff. But notice, John received a revelation of what was to come. And he began to write, he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea. And then he said, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is the thirst of the fountain the waters of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, they shall all have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. See, we know how this thing ends. Those that are full of evil and unrighteousness don't end too well for them. But for those of us that have put our faith and trust in the Lord... Not only is he God now, but he's God in tomorrow. And we don't have to be fearful, but we can stand. And I have to tell you, man of God, I have to tell you, woman of God, this morning, we may not understand why we experience and go through certain things on this journey called life, but never forget the following. You have not received a spirit of bondage, again, to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Which takes me to this.
Paul in his writing to Timothy. Last words are important. Listen, when people know it's getting close to the end, they're not talking about careers. They're not talking about how much money they made or didn't make. They're not talking about the deal they missed, but they're talking about things that really matter. And Timothy is hearing the words of the man that he has put his faith and trust in as he followed after Christ. And he begins to write to him, and he says this, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, Timothy, but that of power and of love and of a sound mind. We have to know who we are this morning. We are the sons of God. And he has made us joint heirs to all that he has. Can I tell you, if you read through Romans chapter 8, you find it says this in 17 and 18. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. But Galatians 3.29 says this, And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What's the promise? That we're men and women of power, authority, men and women of health, men and women of deliverance, men and women of victory, not defeat, men and women that is able to walk in a manner where we change the world with the good news of the gospel. If we understand the significance of this adoption, it changes everything. Why does it change everything? It's because, can I tell you this morning, you and I are part of the family of God, and in this family, how many knows every family has traits? Some good, some not so good. But it's still part of your family, right? But in this family, I have to remind you, there is no defeat. There is no darkness. And there is no fear. There is no death. There is no sickness. And there is no disease that has the power to overtake a son or a daughter of God. No matter what happens in our world, we can rest in knowing that this is not all there is. I'm going to start bringing this to a close, and I did not say I was closing. I said I'm taking it there. Second Chronicles 7, very familiar passage of Scripture, all right? Most of you could quote verse 14. But you got to take this whole passage of scripture and understand what's really been said. The Lord appears to Solomon by night, verse 12. And he says this, Solomon, I heard your prayer. And he said, I've chosen this place that you've built for a dwelling place. It's a house of sacrifice. And he says, I'm going to put my name there forever. But notice 13 is really exciting because he says, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among the people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. But he says, now my eyes shall be open and my ears attentive unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sacrificed this house, or sanctified this house, 
that my name may be there forever. But then he put a clause in there in verse 19 and 20. He says, but if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I've set before you, and serve other gods, he said, then I will pluck them up by the roots of my land. And he said, there's going to be a scattering. There's going to be, there's going to be just a destruction of this thing. Well, we know, according to history, that Solomon's temple was destroyed. We know that the temple built after that was destroyed. But Paul writes in New Testament scriptures, and know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're the temple of the living God. Now he does not dwell in structures like this. He just visits structures like this when God's people's here. But he dwells here. So if his eyes and his ears is open to the place that he dwells, it means this. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, it's all right. If I send locusts to devour the land, it's all right. If pestilence come among the people, it's all right. Because if my people will begin to cry out, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. What he's saying is this. If there's people in the place that I dwell, there's really no place for fear at all. Because what he's saying is this, I always make a way for my people. I didn't come with a big message this morning. I just come to tell you this. He going to make a way when there seems to be no way. He going to show himself. He's going to do what he needs to do. And that's why you and I have to come back to this. Folks, we have no reason to fear because his eyes and his ears is open to you and I today. And that's why the words of Christ in Luke 12 simply says this, Be not afraid of them that can kill the body, and after that have no more power that they can do. But I will forewarn you of whom you shall fear. He's not talking about fear as we're talking about. We're talking about, he said, I'll tell you who you should reverence. He said you should have reverence for the one that has the power to cast into hell. Notice with me. He goes on to say, fear not, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. See, if you read the verses in between, you'd find that it says, it's not five sparrows sold for two fatlings. But he says, none of them go unnoticed. I know exactly how many there is. But he says, I also know this, that you are far more valuable than they so valuable that I know exactly how many hairs is up on your head. Can I tell you today, you're loved. He is so concerned about you. He is so concerned to the most minute detail that he knows how many hairs is on your head. I say that to say this. There's an enemy that's trying to steal your joy, your peace, and your rest. He's trying to keep you in a place of turmoil so that you cannot focus on who you really are in Christ. But today, you should not fear. 
Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He is still healing and delivering and setting free. And he's able to do the same thing for you if you just put your faith in him. As they come to the piano this morning, let me take you back to where we started. Psalms 27. David said, the Lord is my light, my salvation. He is the strength of my life. And he says, in time of trouble, not only will he protect me, but he will hide me in his pavilion. And in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up on a rock. And now shall my head be lifted above my enemies. I got to tell you this this morning prophetically, that there is getting ready to be an elevation of the church. We don't have to be fearful. But the faithfulness of God is getting ready to do something unexpected by many. Just like when the children of Israel was shut in in front of the Red Sea and fear was gripping them, the Lord caused the wind to begin to blow upon the earth. Just like when God remembered Noah in Genesis chapter 8 after he had been in that ark with all those smelly animals and all of the stuff was going on and he's done been rocked and rolled in every direction in that old flood. It says God remembered him. It says that he caused the wind to begin to blow. When Hannah found herself in anguish because her womb was barren, God remembered her and she was fearful. He caused a wind to awaken her womb. Oh, our world is full of uncertainty. Yes, it is. It's not safe for us to walk down the streets of our cities. We're seeing grandmas and grandpas attack for no reason as they walk the streets of some of our biggest cities. We're seeing Jewish men and women be attacked because of just being a Jew. We're seeing white men, black men, brown men all be attacked because of hatred that's been fueled by a few. Portland has been overran by evil. In Arkansas at a car show yesterday, 10 people shot, one dead, just for a good time. The rumors of war is increasing even this morning already. Belarus is indicating they may join the fight and begin to attack Ukraine on its northern flank. So I understand the uncertainty. I understand the anxiety. And I also understand that if you live in that world, you'll be stripped of joy, 
and peace and rest. But I have to remind you that while we're in this world, we're not of this world. And you say, but preacher, it rains on the just and the unjust. I understand all of that. But there's this thing called supernatural intervention for the church. It's not something I just talk about, but it's something that I've experienced. I know what it's like to have enemy lying in wait. And that still small voice say, not now. And when you yield, there's protection. What am I saying to you this morning is this. Is that we're living in a very advanced, accelerated, prophetic time. And you and I could not look at this from a natural standpoint, but we must look at it from a biblical standpoint. In the last days, yes, he will pour out his spirit, but in the last days there is gross darkness. But you and I today have to make the choice, are we going to be part of the world, are we going to be the church? Because it is our responsibility. It's not a government's responsibility. It's not the world's responsibility, but it's the church's responsibility to be salt and light, to stand and to be the voice of reason. And today, why should I fear? Because all this world can do, my friend, is they can maybe bring death to this body, but this is just a temporary house. This is not my permanent home. Paul references it as just a tent. But please hear me. The Lord says, in my Father's house is many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place that where I am, there you may be also. And if I go, I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Listen. No matter what happens in this world, if I finish strong, I have a home in glory. No more pain, no more death, no more suffering, no more sickness, no more disease. But until I get there, I have an advocate with the Father. Until I get to that finish line, I have one interceding on my behalf while I'm talking to you right now. Jesus Christ, the spotless lamb. He doesn't need to go back to Calvary so I can be healed. He doesn't need to go back to Calvary so I can receive a miracle. He doesn't need to go back to Calvary so my family can get saved or delivered. No, I just have to put my faith and trust in him and say, God, I'm not giving my place to fear, but I'm turning myself towards you. Because I can tell you this. I've never slew a bear. I've never grabbed the beard of a lion. And I've never used a stone to kill a Goliath. But the same God that David knew is the same God that I know. And I have the same testimony that David has. He's my light, He's my salvation. And he is the strength of my life. 
Because can I tell you today, because of his strength, this man standing before you, telling you that he is good. Oh, he is good. Not just sometimes, but all the time. He is good. And if he is good all the time, it means this, that the waters is still troubled and you can step in and you can receive what you have need of today if you'll just trust. But can I tell you, it's a great, great day to know who Jesus is. As we stand all over the house this morning, The title of this little message that I said at the beginning is, Why Should I Fear? That's really not much of a title. It's more of a question. I can answer that question for you. Why should I fear? There is no reason to fear. If you can say this morning that Jesus is Lord of your life and he's living and dwelling right here, you have no reason to fear. You say, but how can you say that, Pastor? It's because of this simple fact. He said, I will go with you always, even to the end. So you may have had to walk through some stuff this week. You may have been battled this week. You may have been overwhelmed this week. But can I remind you, you're not alone. Sometimes we get overwhelmed. But today, can I tell you, if you'll stay with Jesus, everything's going to be all right. If you just stay with Him, if you just trust Him, if you'll just say, Lord, I need you. I don't know about you, but and I shared this little scripture this week. As for me, I'll call on the Lord, and I know that he'll come save me. This morning, maybe you just feel like you need some saving. Maybe you feel like maybe you just need to be pulled back into the boat because it seems like the storm's just overwhelming you. Can I tell you, all I have to do is just speak his name. And he's faithful to respond. As they minister in song this morning, maybe you're here just feeling a little overwhelmed. Maybe you're here just feeling a little fearful. Maybe you've just had a lot of questions. And you'd say, I don't really have that peace like I need right now in my life. I'm going to ask you by faith just to step from your seat and come and join me in the front of this building. I want to pray with you, pray for you. You'd say, preacher, just been a little fearful. It's not a sign of weakness. That's just a sign of honesty. 
And when we're honest, we position ourselves to experience the power and the blessing and the faithfulness of God in movement in our lives. Maybe you've got a diagnosis from your doctor and it's brought fear in your heart or maybe mentally or emotionally you've just been, something been eating at you. I'm not going to ask you what it is today, but you'd say, it's just took some things from me. It's tried to get fear into my life. If any of those things are you this morning, I'm going to ask you to come to the front of this building right now as our sister just begins to minister in song and we're going to pray together. Won't you come? Won't you come? Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you can take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.